Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Respect! Let me talk! Respect! Let me talk! Respect. Let me talk. Respect. Welcome back to Kid Nation. We are in part three of Kid Nation. This is our first three-parter. Uh, this will be doing the concluding four episodes. And can I just say what a great job we did unknowingly and how we split this up? Yeah. Because each time it's on a, a re-election. Yeah. And let me tell you, these last four episodes are a very different show. Absolutely. But before we get into how they're different, we got to start by pouring one out. Yes, let's pour one out. By the way, it is really hard to come up with a third drink for the same Yes, it's tough. (laughs) What do you got there, Laura? Um, So I have, uh, in honor of the goat of Kid Nation, Sophia, I have... Jared? Sophia. Oh. I have a 30-year-old and a 14-year-old's body. Okay. I picked my most childish mug, which is a Marvel 10th anniversary of the MCU mug that says more than a trash panda. Mm Mm-hmm. And has a raccoon on it. Rocket raccoon, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I have coffee with Baileys in it. Yes. A very adult beverage. Yeah, I have an adult coffee beverage in my most childish mug. In honor of Sophia. That sounds good. Uh, I have the gold star. I added some liquor 43 to some very clear cream soda. To kind of create this uh, beautiful golden uh, liqueur. Yeah, it looks like a grown if, person drink. If I could, I couldn't find anything, but I wanted to garnish it with something green, since the green team has all of them. Yeah, I'm. Just... But we'll get into that more. As I we go I on. ate all the skittles from last week. So. Yeah, this is the sweetest drink I've ever had. Like, I feel like I would like this. It's butterbeer from Harry Potter World. Yes, it's very butterbeery. Um. Butterbeer. Yeah, it, it's butterbeer. It's good. It's good, but like, it's very sweet. It's like, actually, you know, it's not butterbeer. It needs that like slight depth of the butterscotch, which this doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't have the butterscotch or the whipped topping. It's just sweet. Yeah, it's just very sweet. It tastes bad for my teeth. In any case... It's still coating my tongue. How perfect for... for yeah, Kid for Kid Nation. Nation. <laughs> to make something really bad for my teeth. So we start off and the elections are immediate. Unlike the last episode, we do not get an entire... Uh, episode of election fever. Yeah. Elections are happening right now. Yes. So everyone gets a chance to give like a short speech on why they should be elected. Well, we start with the red team. Yes. Guylin begs to be voted off. Guys, please vote me off. Mm Mm-hmm. DK is running against him and DK wins... Unanimously, including Guylin. Yes. Uh, because Guylin wants to be off the council. He's miserable. Right. And M- evil cowboy Mike laughs like a sociopath about this. Guylin voted himself out. Part of me is saying, oh, that stinks, man. I'm sorry. Part of me is saying, mm, 
Except that Guilin got to leave with his dignity. Yeah, but like... like Guilin leaves on his own accord off the council and never has to sit through an election where people vote against him. I kind of was surprised Mike didn't run. Same. But DK is the new leader of the DK crew. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Red District. He's the leader of the Red District. So for the Green, Laurel and Michael both give fairly generic speeches because they've had no time to prepare. Yes. Michael wins six to three and Laurel begins to cry. Yeah. And Michael hugs her. Like, he clearly, like, does not mean for hard feelings. There's no animosity in this election. Mm Mm-hmm. And then for the Blue District, we have Anjay and Greg. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Anjay... Uh, asked for a second chance. As a council member, you have a lot on your plate, and I just ask you to look at my whole track record. All I'm asking is that you give me a second chance. Yeah, much like Taylor. Yeah, his speech kind of reflects Taylor, despite the fact that he hasn't done anything nearly as terrible as Taylor. He's just getting the blame for trading blame. Yeah. The blame for blame. The blame. The blame blame. The blame blame. The traitor, traitor, blame, blame. Um, oh, I'm so happy with myself. That should have been the drink. The traitor. <laughs> traitor, traitor, blame, blame. Traitor, traitor, blame, blame. Um, so they... And this is where I find out that there's something wrong here. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Okay. Greg wins 7-2 to two against Anjay. Yeah, which is by a lot. Yeah. The episode cut two candidates. Really? Sophia ran in the Green District. Sophia ran and didn't win? Correct. I find this hard to believe. Sophia was not altogether super well-liked by all of the other... Okay. Um, Like, Olivia did not like Sophia. Like, Sophia came off as kind of bossy. Okay. But Olivia ran for the Blue District. Oh, she did say she would run again. So the two of them, their votes essentially went to the victor. Oh, okay. So, so they ended up splitting the votes. Yeah, Michael and Greg did not win by the decisive victory that the show implies. Mm. It was, I believe, 4-3, like 4-3-2, with Greg getting four votes, Olivia getting three, and Anjay getting yeah. two. So they gave Olivia's votes to Greg for the show. Yeah, this is this is why we have a two-party system. Ugh. <laughs> and... No one's really happy about this situation. Oh, there's also the yellow district. Oh, yes. Uh, We don't find out the margin here. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, do we? Blaine wins five to four. Okay, Blaine wins five to four. Zach hugs Blaine and goes, this job sucks, but you'll love it. Yeah. And suddenly all of the girls look around and realize that the four oldest boys are are now in charge. The council. And there is a misery to that. Mm -hmm. I know happy guys are... Thinking, oh my God, Bonanza City is going to burn. Says Greg. (laughs) Greg says. Greg says that. Yeah, Greg says, I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Bonanza is going to burn. Oh, he's being a little sarcastic. But don't worry. We'll take care of things. Sophia. Uh, He's very wrong. (laughs) Sophia says, I feel like someone just won the presidency without a background check. Now this was filmed in 2007. Yeah. And you and I just look at each other nervously and laugh. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, my next note. Laura and Noah laugh nervously to each other. (laughs) And then as a result, Zach is now very homesick because the busyness of the council had distracted him from being homesick. Yes. And now he doesn't have that. And like this harkened back to the whole like Zach making fun of people for being homesick, which again, I think is editing because it doesn't make sense that Zach sucks out of nowhere. Yeah. Because for three, because I'm going to, I'll spoil it. Zach is, again, awesome for these four episodes. Absolutely. There's just two weird episodes where he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's he goes back to being delightful. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the editing uh, when we get to the end. Okay. Because I actually have a lot of intel. If you're into Kid Nation, I cannot recommend Olivia's book highly enough. Oh, yeah. I wish every show we did had a book by somebody who had to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because she... Her, the, her NDA expired a couple of years ago, and then she wrote this book. Gotcha. Because the NDAs were like seven years. That's crazy. So they decided, and this is clearly something the producers fed them. They have to do this terrible respect game about yes. not interrupting each other. Yeah, this is this is something camp counselors do to punish you. Yes. Basically, every person needs to stand up and say who they are. And a little bit about themselves. And if anyone talks or giggles or is in any way disrespectful, they have to start all over again with the first person. Yes. What do you know? They don't do it perfectly. It's name, hometown, age, and what they're going to do when they get home. Mm -hmm. And there's a weird edit here where they yell about Natasha. Yeah, Natasha ruins it first. What we don't see is that Kelsey has apparently been speaking for one minute straight at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, it just seems like Natasha's being unnecessarily unkind to Kelsey. But really, it's been like Kelsey has been talking and Natasha finally in exasperation goes, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And then Greg's like, Natasha just ruined it for everyone, guys. It's time to start over. Let's hear it for Natasha. Very disrespectful, like, making fun of this girl who's now, like, trying to ostracize her. Yeah. Because, like, she's the one that's causing the group Someone punishment. Someone his own district, I want to point out. Yeah. And Eric, the Jersey boy, <laughs> stands up for Natasha. Clapping because Natasha messed up. I wouldn't say that's the most respectful thing. Maybe you should think about that. Greg doesn't realize that he still does so many more rude and disrespectful things than anyone else here. He is such a dark horse. Yeah. He kind of appears in these last few episodes. We don't see a lot of him, mm-hmm. but he's... I. If he had been on any district but Green, I think we would have seen significantly more of Eric. I've legitimately just been humming to myself, just because I'm a person. <laughs> yeah. And I've just been like, hmm, 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 hmm. Mm-hmm. The song he writes? Mm-hmm. I realized later, I was like, that's the New Jersey song from the uh, the talent show episode. Yeah, he's So it's l- catchy, Eric, if you're listening. Yeah, he's legitimately very... I, I strongly suspect if Eric had been on any district but Green, we would have seen significantly more of him. Yeah. He kind of has that problem of he isn't enough to stand out on the Green district yeah. that's full of standouts. Yeah, they're full of stars. Baba, But if he was on, like, blue or red, he right. would have been considerably more prominent. 
so this but we goes go through on. this. For, we they never finish it. By Do the way. they never finish Olivia it? Olivia says they they're at it for hours and it's never finished. They the council gives yeah. up. This whole thing is horrible. Markel from the Red District, who we last saw emceeing the talent show, mm-hmm. points out that the council went about this all wrong. Yeah. Like the council immediately turns the entire town against themselves, mm-hmm. and Markel is objectively correct. That's like his little thing that he says when he gets up there. He's like, hi, I'm Markel, and I think you're making a huge mistake as the council right Which is amazing. Which is incredible. And Sophia, the whole time, is just in her hoodie. Yeah. Like, she's just, like... Like, um, dissociating. She's disassociating. She's hiding in the room of her hair like she's Aaron from The Office. And she's just gone. <laughs> and I was like, this is not good for anyone. Uh, Laurel is similarly having trouble. We see yeah. Sophia and Laurel both. And I think at one point we see one with her arm around the other. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to console one another. Yeah, the thing I find especially interesting about all of this is last time we had re-elections, Laurel stayed and Anjay stayed. So at least there was like the two with experience yes. to guide two people who have never done this before. Now we have four brand new council members and they don't know what they're doing. And they're jerks. And Michael is looking around and realizing he has committed social suicide with the young team. And so he has a a little meeting after all this is over in the girls' bunkhouse with Mm -hmm. the green team. Mm -hmm. And kind of says, like, I'm sorry. Like, I I wish I didn't have to make you guys do this. Yeah. Kind of isolating the green district as better and special. Mm Mm-hmm. Blaine and Greg are outside blatantly eavesdropping. Yeah, all of this makes me uncomfortable. As Eric calls them childish, uh, Laurel points out that the the four of them haven't been, or not the four, the three of them. Yeah. I don't really know if they actually go after DK. DK is like, DK in this situation is this weird floating force. He's like Switzerland. Yeah, I want to say Switzerland. He changes sides as... Uh, yeah, I use floater in the big brother terms, where it's like, I'm just wherever the power is. For wrestling, he's like a tweener. He's a tweener, yes. Uh, uh, so Eric is calling them childish. Laurel calls out that they don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And somebody says that they would be a more effective council if they sat in the town square and complimented yes. people all day. Before we move on from this, I just want to just explain how uncomfortable I am that like it's 15-year-old boys peeping on girls. Yeah. What's happening here? That alone is horrific. I mean, they're not doing anything. Like, they're having a conversation and there are boys in the bunk. Right. So, uh, oh, if I, you think the producer, I think the producers put them out there. Well, because my first thought when I see this is, this isn't the first time they've done this. Mm. Right? The second thought is, wait, there's a camera there. This is all fake. Yeah. Because, like... There's a camera there. So there's almost a part of me that thinks that it's set up by the producers. There's also a part of me that thinks... It could the, be edited. The producers just told them mm-hmm. that this is what the green team was saying and then asked them to go stand by a wall and put their ear against it so they could film it. Yeah, which makes the most sense to me. The yeah. producers definitely have something to do with it. So then the next morning, uh, well, we see Blaine and Greg tell DK... But strongly imply that they were similarly talking shit on DK. Yes. Which they really weren't. Mm -hmm. Like, DK's name never really comes up on the green team. Not really, no. And so DK, Blaine, and Greg sit in the town square and quote, quote, compliment people. Yes. The compliments we see 
are monstrous. They're cat calls. Taylor, you're looking good today. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, Natasha, how you doing? I'm looking good. Yeah, Mama Sita, yeah. Well, and then there's something that makes me viciously uncomfortable. Yeah. There's a point where they do it to Sophia. Oh, yes. And there's this long camera shot of Sophia's legs. Not like Sophia just in a full body shot, but like her legs and hips specifically. Mm -hmm. She is 14 years old. Yeah. Now, Greg in that moment is saying like, nice shorts. I like your shorts. Yeah. So the cameraman is meant to be showing the shorts. But you could do that with a full body shot well, instead of this weird body scan. And it's a, and it's clearly a sexualized compliment. Like, yeah. it's clearly a compliment is in super air quotes there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's clearly sexualized catcalling. Mm -hmm. And the way Sophia carries herself in response to this is so viscerally upsetting to me. Mm. It's with this grim dignity that women learn. Yeah. And the idea of this girl being 14 and already having that that mm -hmm. ability to pull up that grim dignity mm -hmm. of this is how I'm being spoken to. Don't give them what they want. Yeah. Like that dark side of the ring. Don't, don't sell, sell it. Don't sell it. Yeah. And the fact that this 14 year old girl has that down already upsets me to my very bones. Mm -hmm. the, there's also like the moral problem of you watch this and you were like, someone should stop this. And, like, the idea of, like, there's no adults other than the camera crew, and the camera crew is just, like, there to film it and not interfere, like, gives you that feeling of just, like, ugh. But you also know, in truth, after, like, reading the book and, like, knowing enough about reality TV that, like, the producers also encouraged this. Yeah. It is so gross. It's so upsetting. Yeah, like, ugh. And then we see the rest of the green team, but mostly Sophia, Kennedy, Morgan, and Laurel. Mm -hmm. The four female gold star winners on mm -hmm. the green team. Uh, now, and then uh, they confront the other three town leaders. Yes. And this is, we also see like Eric kind of trying to get in, but like Eric falls back a little yeah. bit because he's like, okay, you guys handle this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys got this. Like, but he is... I don't want to take anything away from him, like, that he didn't step up for the other yeah. girls in the team. He's from New Jersey, and we really want to like him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I also think that, like, I don't want to imply that only the girls stand up. Mm. And then Michael turns on the other three council members, and he's like, you need to respect. You know, like, you respect needs to go both ways. Yeah. Greg el escalates it incredibly. He just screams respect at one point. And Michael screams, let me talk. Yeah. You're in Respect! Respect us! Let me talk! My next note. This shit would not have happened with Laurel, Sophia, or Olivia on the yeah. uh, council. Absolutely not. And the one thing that is never said that I can't believe never comes up is what you're saying is not a compliment. Yeah, I want, I'm sure it was said, mm -hmm. but it, we didn't see it on camera. Because I don't think there's any planet where Laurel or Sophia did not say that. Yeah. Me as an audience, I need to hear that addressed. Absolutely. Because, like... Because we get four teenage boys on the council, and sexual harassment starts the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no one talks about it. No. Like, and 
I think it might be the producers trying to have their cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, this is clearly sexual harassment. Let's just ignore it. So we don't have to address it. And, but I'm sure someone had to have been upset by this. That wasn't just me screaming at home. And then the council retaliates, retaliates by saying, like, we might not even give a gold star this week. Ridiculous. Greg is screaming and sca- swearing. And then Kennedy... Oh, there's so much swearing, too. So much bleeping and swearing. And we get this really good moment of Kennedy physically dragging Michael away. And Kennedy's one of the smaller girls on the green team. Like, she's one of the younger girls on the green team. Mm -hmm. And we watch as Kennedy just... Kennedy bodily drags a Mm 15-year-old boy away. To be honest, my thought at this point is tons of people are going to go home. Yeah. Because I think I would have left. Yeah. I mean, like, absolutely, like, I think I would have made it to the next council meeting. Mm-hmm. And... I would have put everyone on blast and been out. I was like, Jonathan, <laughs> I would have raised my hand and was like, I need you to ask if we're happy about the council first. Yeah. And if we're not having a re-election, I am going home. Yeah. And then Jonathan would have been like, I'm in a plaid shirt. I don't like Jonathan, guys. I, by this point, I hate Jonathan. <laughs> right. Anyway. Do something! You're the adult! So... Laurel to Michael points out that Hunter should get the gold. Like, Laurel is still advocating for the green team despite no longer being on the council. Yes. She is advocating for Hunter to get the gold star. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a council meeting and Michael forgives Greg and the rest of the council way too easily. I think it's so the show can continue. Yeah, like, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if there was a conversation from the producers of, like, start getting your shit right or we have to kill the show. Because if you mm-hmm. sexual like, I know that the kids and their parents had to sign things mm-hmm. about not holding CBS responsible, mm-hmm. but I cannot imagine sexual harassment well, was not part of that. Because this, these are children. You cannot sexually harass children. Yeah, there, there's a moment coming up that I think shows that like this explosion is either commonplace to the point that they understand. Or unusual in that they make up quickly. Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. Then they um, discuss what to do about Taylor. Yes. Taylor is still not doing any work. She's in the kitchen playing with dough. Yeah. And in one of my favorite moments, Greg comes up and is like, Taylor, what are you doing? And she goes, what does it look like I'm doing? And she's clearly like, not doing anything? Almost like, I'm even going to put the burden of lying onto you. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't even be bothered to come up with my lie anymore. However, then what we see, because usually you would get like Laurel or, or you know, one of the other girls talking to Taylor about this. Mm-hmm. What we now see is four teenage boys threatening a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. And then she talk, cries and wants to go home. Mm-hmm. I know we're not supposed to like Taylor, mm-hmm. but it's very hard for me as a girl to not sympathize with a 10-year-old girl being intimidated by four teenagers. Yeah. Like, at this point, when she digs her heels in and fights back, I'm on her side. Yeah. Which I know I'm not supposed to be. hmm And, like, I know I've been saying, like, well, just don't feed her and stuff like that. Their plan is, when we win the reward, you don't get to share in it. Which, honestly, would feel like an appropriate punishment mm-hmm. if it was co- not coming from... Four nearly grown men, like physically, 
at a little girl. It would also make more like sense. Like if it was just Blaine taking her aside. And yes. Saying, if it was Blaine and not Greg. If it was her district leader. Yes. Making this call. It would Alone, make more sense. Not with three other, like, three other foot taller than this girl guys. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of all four of them intimidating her makes me incredibly uncomfortable. So then we get the showdown. Yes. And it's a communication game. And I went, oh, good. All the council members are stupid now, which is unfair to DK. Yeah. DK does not, is not seen enough compared to the other three. Mm-hmm. And Michael's great. Yeah. Now It's just have... Tweedledee and Tweedledum that are the problem. Tweedledum and Tweedledumber. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a showdown and it's a pie race. Yes. So... so you have to have a district member put a pie on top of these two other like balance beams. Yeah. And then you have to transport it to another tower that slides down to a chute. Yeah, the you way dig they... to the bottom of the pie to get a method of communication. Yeah. And then you have to put those in chronological order by date of invention. Yeah. The whole theme of the challenge is communication. Yes. Because when you transport it across, two people are holding uh, poles and are balancing it on these poles. So the idea is that they have to communicate with each other to not go too fast, to not lower the pole or raise it. So that they can get across correctly. Implying that the producers had to pull them aside and say something like, hey, the next challenge is about communication. Why don't you do this communication uh, exercise? Yeah. Because there's no way they would have done that exercise if it wasn't for this challenge. Right. Also, no one was disrespectful up until now. No. But so this, there's, it's important that this game is based in pie. Uh, Jared immediately has, like, a fun moment where he's like, I was thinking, rush the pie and eat it. Which is kind of funny until you remember how, um, how malnourished these children are, and then it stops being funny. Yes. When you're like, because there's a point where... Oh, they're starving. Right, I forgot. Emily, um, like, Emily, who's been traded to the Blue District... Yeah. ...is eating a pie, and Emily is like... A little heavier. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan yells, Hey! Blue is just eating pies! Emily, are you that hungry? Grown man body shames a nine-year-old girl. Yes, yes, Jonathan. Who he has been complicit in starving yeah. for 38 <laughs> days now. This show is disgusting. It really, truly, 100% is. Uh, so then, Blue wins upper class, Green wins merchant. Yellow wins uh, cooks, and then by the skin of their teeth, red wins laborers. But they do win the reward. Mike and DK argue, Evil Cowboy Mike and DK argue. Yes. Over over whether or not the telegram is older than the radio. And then (laughs) Blaine is bad at history, and we get the most amazing talking head from Zach. Yes, because I have a note that says right here. Wow, Zach is awesome again. Blaine is a moderately intelligent young man. He doesn't call Blaine stupid. Yeah. But he does. And so they win the reward. And then they the kids kind of have a pie fight after this because mm-hmm. they're a bunch of kids. Right. Uh, you start yelling pioneers. Yeah, I call them pioneers. And then you're mad that Jonathan doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's right there. It's right in front of them. And we establish that Taylor, we establish again that Taylor's not going to get the reward. Mm-hmm. 
The first reward is, the first choice, because it's always a choice, is ponies. Is ponies, yes. And I immediately yell out, ooh, that'll feed a lot of kids. Yep, that's the note I have. (laughs) Jonathan lists the practical aspects of the ponies. Yeah. And then Jonathan also goes, and they're also really cute. And a bunch of the girls are like, Oh, it's a lot easier to haul water and stuff like that. Yeah, there's practical aspects, but they are also adorable. Mm -hmm. And so, like, a lot of them are like, yeah, ponies, this seems great. The other one is letters from home. Yeah. Olivia, who at this point in her book says she was no longer planning to give the producers what she wanted. And she was planning to kind of like, you know, uh, sandbag the producers for as much of the rest of production. Oh, yeah. After the beds. But Olivia breaks down at the concept of getting these, um... The letters. These letters. And Jonathan's like, Olivia, what's going on? She goes, I just really want those letters. I'm not that into ponies anymore. Yeah. And then we get misleading uh, editing of Mallory saying, I like ponies. Mallory said that before the letters. Before she knew about the letters, right. And the group clearly wants the letters. But they send the council out to discuss it. Mm Mm-hmm. And they kind of worry that if they get the letters from home, too many of the kids are going to want to go home. Because it will make them homesick. Mm -hmm. And they get back, and Greg fakes them out. (laughs) Greg, like a jerk, just goes, we decided to take the ponies and throw them out the window so you guys can get your letters. Which is not a good pun. (laughs) Or anything like that. Absolutely not. Then you see poor little 10-year-old Taylor at the realization of she could have sacrificed a barbecue or, Mm -hmm. you know, any of that kind of stuff. But this is a letter from home. Yeah. And you see this moment where all of the guys kind of have a, oh, we we can't do this. Yeah. Oh, and there's also a moment after Olivia breaks down, Mm -hmm. you see Jonathan have a moment of, Oh, am I the asshole? Yeah, you see his his core break a little bit. Yeah, you see him, like, kind of momentarily realize the exploitative bullshit he's doing. Mm -hmm. So, Michael asks Taylor to promise to do better. She does, and Michael hands her the letter. Yes. And then in a talking head... I think it's Greg. No, it's specifically Michael. Greg then has a talking head. Okay, because I thought I saw her hug Greg. Because I immediately am like, oh, I guess they're not that at odds. She does hug. She hugs all of them. Okay. But we see a talking head from Greg saying, like, we we could not keep a letter from home from her. Yeah. Like, kind of this moment of Greg realizing that that is cruel and unusual and refusing to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. We then see an assortment of kids in a cabin of all different... We see Zach, Olivia, Laurel, and Hunter all Mm -hmm. in a room together, crying. Yeah. Reading their letters to each other. Hunter shows, like, a funny little drawing that his brother made of him and his brother playing with Nerf guns. Yes. Uh, They took a page out of Olivia's letter before they gave it to her. What? Because it was a coloring book picture her three-year-old brother had colored, but the image was copyrighted. (gasps) <gasps> so they oh! oh Rick oh like Jesus I 
God. Do you want me to make it worse? Oh I can make it worse. Oh my God. I can't imagine you making it worse. Throughout the entire book, Olivia has a crisis. She forgets what her little brother's voice sounds like. Oh. And so this thing made for her by her little brother, they don't oh give her. Oh, oh no. No. Um, and then my next note is, Hey, I wonder if these parents knew their missives to their children were going to be used as a goddamn prize. Yeah. I would have assumed as a parent that it was just going to be mail day one day. Yeah. Like, good news, kids. Here's mail from the, uh, you know, the, the, a pony was going to yeah, come the in. the Pony Express. Oh, the Pony Express came today. And here's <sighs> mail from your mom and dad. I'm crying a little. <laughs> that is so upsetting. And then Greg finds out that while he was gone, his cousin was shipped out to Iraq. Yeah. So, like, Greg is devastated. Yeah. Because his cousin, to whom he is, was apparently quite close, mm -hmm. has been shipped out to Iraq. And Greg does not know when he will, when or if, if. he will see his cousin again. Yeah. So, we don't have information on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, like, at this point, this stops being fun. Yeah. <sighs> This is something I meant to voice, like, a while ago, so I apologize for this not coming up sooner. But I feel like most people, when they hear Kid Nation, their first thought is, funny or die. Yes. And yes, we're aware of the, of the funny or die videos. I think we actually quoted it in yeah. the last one. Uh, the funny or die ends at, like, episode five. Yeah, they do not get into these. And I remember thinking, like, when I was watching 6th, 7th, and 8th, I was like, this gets more insane. Like, I'm surprised they haven't made those videos because this is really, like, insane and funny. These videos, I'm like, I don't know if you can make a funny or die video about this. No. Because this is, like, legitimately terrible. Yeah, like, this This episode was legitimately extremely upsetting. I also want to point out that while they're all reading... They're still filthy and covered in pie. Yeah. They didn't get a shower. They didn't get a shower. So they're just like sticky in sleeping bags, crying. Horrible. So then we get to the town hall meeting. Oh, we get a nice little moment of Olivia counseling Laurel. Because Olivia, speaking of inconsistent editing, mm -hmm. Zach and Olivia, I think, are the two main people who get a very inconsistent ed edit. Yeah. Based on the episode, Olivia is either... A kind older sister or monster. Yeah. But Olivia is counseling Laurel on how to survive now that she's not in the council. Mm hmm And Olivia actually has a nice little moment with Miglai that we don't see because I think the cameras aren't there at this point. Yeah. Where they realize how badly the council is chased down by the cameras and that, like, Laurel can finally have some peace. Mm-hmm. So we get to the council, the uh, town hall meeting. Yes. And they ask who doesn't approve of the council. And, like, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Anjay cites the First Amendment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the for freedom of speech. Mm. Sophia calls out Greg. Mm. Uh, Hunter talks about how they shouldn't have eavesdropped on everyone. Mm-hmm. And Greg tries to defend himself. And he and Michael argue in front of the entire group about, like, you know... Greg's like, I'm not being disrespectful. And Michael's like, disrespect is not always intentional. Yeah. Like, you're not... Nobody thinks you're doing it on purpose, necessarily. But you are, in it, 
inarguably being a jerk to people. Yeah, and then Greg pulls the... I want to ask a question. Honestly, how many people want me to go home? If 50% of these people raise their hands, I will go home. Man, nobody would do that. They want you to change. How many people want me to go home? Kind of playing that, like, you know I do all the work here card. Yeah, and Sophia asks him to think before he speaks. Layla, who's one of the small ch- small girls mm-hmm. in Taylor's group in the Yellow District, asks him to stop name-calling. Yeah. So this is a 9 or 10-year-old girl asking a teenage boy to stop name-calling. Yeah. Use the respect of using my name. The council kind of turns on Greg, and Greg mm. immediately threatens to take his ball and go home. He yeah. goes, well, if more than 50% of you vote that I should leave, I'll go yeah. home to death. And I start screaming, leave. I'm, I'm done with him. <laughs> and then the rest of the council like, nobody wants you to leave, but we want you to, like, be kinder. We want you to change. Mm-hmm. And somehow everyone stays. What, to me, what happens is everybody wants you to change, and then there's a cut. And then Greg suddenly has a moment of clarity where he's like, You know, now that I think about it, I can see where they're coming from in a way. And I can see where I've done wrong and I can see where I've done right. I can see both I can see both sides now. I just need a time to think about it. And uh, I see where they're right in, in a way and I see where they're wrong in a way. And I was like, somebody interfered. Yeah. There, there, something happened in between this moment and that moment that we're not seeing. So we see everyone staying, and then they start talking about the gold star. Mm-hmm. And there's a really funny moment during this town council meeting where they focus on Laurel, but in the behind her, you can see Kennedy and Savannah clearly screwing around. You're doing hand puppets. Yeah, like Kennedy is doing <laughs> hand puppets, but Savannah's kind of doing the like, stop it, stop, stop being so funny, Kennedy. Like it's very, it's this nice little moment, and I, I like these moments when we remember their children, mm-hmm. and. They do award a gold star to Laurel. Yes. And I said this. I said, I was like, there's part of me that hopes that Laurel gets voted out so she can get herself a gold star because she deserves one because she's the best. And that happens immediately. Her phone call cracks me up. Yeah. Ma! Ma! Laurel! (laughs) Like. Very Boston. Yes. And then the credits, we actually do see more of Laurel's phone call than we've been seeing. Yeah. And then the credits roll over an outtake of two girls. And I can't actually place which two because they're two of the girls we don't spend as much time with. Goofing off and like having a sword fight with umbrellas. Almost like after this very heavy episode, they had to be like, but they're still kids. Yeah, remember children. They, they know joy. Because we have three episodes left. And this episode is where like I feel like it took a really bad turn. So. Yeah. Episode 11. Yes. Uh, or as I like to call it, the poultry eugenics episode. Yes. Taylor wants to kill only ugly chickens. Well, Taylor is like, Taylor and Kelsey are hanging out in the chicken coop and they're introducing the camera to their favorite chickens. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Sophia has suggested to the council, like, let's have a feast and kill like six or seven chickens mm-hmm. and have enough to feed everyone and like eat good. Yeah. Because we're getting, they're like, there's only 10 days left. Mm-hmm. Savannah hears this and then runs and tells the girls in the yellow district. The fight actually gets kind of physical. Yeah. Like, little girls jumping onto teenage boys and clinging on in that, like, if you've ever been a smaller girl fighting, like, older cousins or older brothers, Mm -hmm. you know that there's a specific fighting strategy. Yeah. Clinging. Yeah. Yeah. 
just all your weight on one leg. Yeah, because I had older cousins growing mm-hmm. up, and that's that's the that's the way to do it. And there's arguing and screaming, and then Sophia intervenes and says, "Like, well, what if we let you guys pick the chickens that we eat for dinner?" Mm-hmm. And problem solved. Taylor's yeah. all smiles. Her favorite chickens are spared, mm-hmm. and the problem is done. Yeah. It's that simple. But no, Greg and Blaine just want to, like, push them and grab chickens. Yeah. So stupid. Sophia immediately, elegantly, and simply solves the problem. Yeah. Greg, at one point, I believe, says, if you don't stop, I'm going to kill more chickens. Exactly. (laughs) And it's unnecessary. But I I just wanted to point out how easily and elegantly Sophia solves the entire issue. Yeah. So then... We get a little sequence of Alex, Jared, and Anjay just being dweebs. Yeah, trying to remember the digits to pi. Does anybody know most of the numbers of pi? It can't be rounded. 3.141529. Yeah, like it's just cute. Mm-hmm. Like it it they're being cute little dweebs. Yeah. And we get a school-themed journal entry. They each team gets a book about Bonanza City history. Yes, and... And DK and Michael think, like, oh, I think the showdown's gonna need these books. Yeah. Because DK's like, we're gonna need these. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we are. it's gonna be about the showdown. And Blaine's like, oh, my God, I can't make my student... I can't make my uh, district work and do homework. They're gonna sacrifice me to their beautiful chicken god. Which is not what he says, but that's what's in my notes. <laughs> um, which I I just really like that joke. Because mm-hmm. they, they care for nothing except their beautiful chicken. So, Sophia also like agrees with the council. Or Sophia agrees with the council and Taylor whines. Yeah, we have not learned anything. And Taylor screams, why start now? Which honestly is kind of funny. Um, then we see how the Green District studies. And it's... Adorable. Uh, they are doing little plays to remind themselves of all the facts. Mm-hmm. And it, like Laurel's like reading, give me that book. Yeah. And Sophia directs the little plays and Green District is learning and having a good time. Green District is all slightly older kids. Yeah. I think everyone on Green District is like 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. I might even be older. I actually now want to look. I know Sophia's 14. Yeah, it's a lot of the older kids. I think Laurel's 14. The Green District is largely older kids. There are two 10-year-olds who we don't see much of. Uh, there's a kid named Campbell. I don't know on Campbell. On the Green District? Definitely don't know Campbell. Uh, which, surprise. But everyone else is... There's four 12-year-olds, three four, 14-year-olds, two 10-year-olds, and then Jimmy's gone already. So, this is mostly older kids... The only other one that has this many older kids is Blue. Right. Um, Yellow seems to be mostly all the youngest kids. And Red seems to be really, like, middle of the road. But they also seem to be, like, some of the strangest kids. Right. So, since Green is all older, they're all like, yay, learning! Have the showdown. And it's slingshot trivia? Yeah, so this is what they have to do. They have slingshots and it's f- and like uh, like nuts for nuts and bolts. Yeah, and three balloons will pop up with choices on it, 
and they will have to pop the wrong answers, leaving only the correct answer. Yes. Uh, I would like to say that uh, it's impossible to see what's written on the balloons. From where they are, and like they're blowing in the wind, very hard to see. It seems really stupid. Uh, It's usually uh, two answers, and like there's a correct answer, a wrong answer, and a stupid answer. Yeah. Which nation began to colonize the Bonanza City area in the early 1600s? Was it the Mexicans, the Spanish, or the Ewoks? We quickly realize that this is not fun to film, and the questions go away, and it's just them popping uh, balloons in the edit. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, we, we kind of want to establish that Mike and the... Mike, Evil Cowboy Mike and the Red Team are terrible mm-hmm. at the slingshots. To the point where the other teams were like, you have to pull back the slingshot further to get the force you need. Yes, yes. Hunter from the green team is really, really good at it. Oh, yeah. And they have to wear cool protective sunglasses. <laughs> he's so really good he at it. he looks like a badass. He's really good at it, and his team studied really hard. So green wins, like, pretty, pretty handily. Mm-hmm. So they're the mer- they're the upper class. They've been doing really well later. Upper yeah, class, merchant class. They went upper- from constantly being the laborers to just being in charge with a bunch of stars. And so then blue, then yellow, then red is the labor class again. Mm-hmm. Now to win the prize, they had to fill up a jar with the spare ammo. So if they wasted too much ammo, it you, wouldn't it wouldn't fill up. So, the green team fills the jar nearly halfway themselves. Yes, because they got it first and they weren't firing for the rest of the question. So, that makes sense. And then blue manages to get it pretty high up there. Yellow gets it almost to the top. Like, really, you could argue that yellow fills it. Yeah, and then green just, like, overflows. And then red overflows it, yes. Yeah. So, they get... Their options are a town library with educational and fun books... Yes. Or... An arcade where everything is free to play. With DDR and Gauntlet. Like real arcade. Not like a yield ball arcade. Yes. DDR, man. Now... in. They did tell Taylor again that she can't be part of this reward. And they remind her of this several times. Mm -hmm. She's never improved. So Taylor wants them to pick the library. Because she's happy to be excluded from the library. And Michael is so tempted by the library. Yeah. But Greg points out that the entire town wants the arcade. Mm-hmm. So DK gets to be the one to tell everybody they picked the arcade. They picked the arcade. And he doesn't do a stupid fake out. DK goes, it's the arcade! Yeah. They actually, this is the first time they pick, like, the irresponsible choice. Yes. Then we get a talking head of Anjay. And it is the happiest we ever see Anjay on screen. Relishing Taylor's pain that she does not get to use the arcade. Arcade is a big prize. And Taylor was about nearly in tears. Yes. He is so happy. (laughs) Uh, Then they say new jobs and paychecks start tomorrow. So I have the note of, I guess they do get paid daily. Right. Laurel legitimately almost cries in the arcade from being happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Sophia makes the comment of, 
I'm a 30-year-old trapped in the body of a 14-year-old. So while the rest of my district was playing video games, I was going to build a library. After which my beverage is named. And <laughs> right. she takes her pay, goes to the dry goods store, and asks uh, the blue team, like, Hi, how much are all of the rest of your books? Yeah, give me all of your books, please. And they're like, that's 80 cents. So she makes a little tent library. So they kind of get both? Yeah, kind of, in a way. Sophia and Hunter make a cute little library. We hit this issue Mm -hmm. of everyone was supposed to finish their chores before doing the arcade. Mm -hmm. They don't. Yeah. Mike and Jared both make a run for the arcade. DK actively tries to get them to work, but they're the labor class and they're not working. Mm -hmm. And then we see this nice moment with Zach. Taylor's in the chicken coop, refusing to deal with anybody. Zach comes to speak with her and treats her with actual respect. Respect! And says, like, kind of asks her nicely, like, please come help us. And Taylor rolls up her sleeves to epic music and starts doing dishes. Yeah. The camera pans to Zach, who smiles beatifically. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get, like, these nice moments. And Hunter talks about how he's proud of Taylor and Kelsey. And we do get these nice little moments of, like, Taylor working. Greg and Blaine walk in to see what Taylor has done. Because she does all the dishes pretty much alone. Mm -hmm. Greg picks Taylor up and personally carries her to the arcade. Mm -hmm. And sits her down. Kind of showing the rest of the townspeople, like, we've approved this. Mm -hmm. I'm a little uncomfortable with how much Greg carries girls. Um, Yeah, I mean, when you're big... You just carry people. <laughs> yeah, I. but I have that, like, to me it's a constant reminder how much bigger and stronger he is than a lot of his constituents. Mm-hmm. And then we see, like, Taylor and Kelsey playing DDR. Yes. And it's cute. Yes, but because it's on CBS, we don't know what songs they're doing. I want to know if they're able to do Afronova or not, or <laughs> if anyone's, you know, doing Paranoia or anything like that. But no, we don't get to know that. No one knows my pain. So, then we see the next day. We're on day 34. Yes. Sophia is alone in the kitchen. (laughs) Sophia is cooking for 37 people by herself. She's green. Mm -hmm. So, she's the upper class. So, she doesn't actually have to do that. If I was Sophia, I would have made myself some nice eggs. Yeah. That would have been the end of it. (laughs) Yeah. I would have, like, you know, maybe checked in with, like, my best friend. Like, hey, Laurel, you hungry? Yeah. Gonna make something. Come on. Any of the upper class, like, I hate to do the class system thing, but, like, the cooks are yellow again. They're supposed to be cooking for for everyone. It's not the green team's job to cook for everybody. But if they want to cook for themselves, go for it. I just even mean, like, if I'm Sophia, I'm going to ask the people I'm closest to. Mm -hmm. Everybody else can go screw themselves. Yeah. So Sophia marches into the arcade and confronts Blaine, who whines that he has money on the pool. Yeah, he's busy gambling, Sophia. And we see DK have a talking head of like, we should not have picked this arcade. This is becoming a problem. Blaine calls Sophia a psycho, and I hate him forever. Because I hate when men call women crazy when they're right. Yeah. Because it's men invalidating Mm -hmm. women's feelings. Yep, absolutely. A hundred percent what's happening here. And he's trying to invalidate Sophia's opinion when really Blaine should be in the kitchen. Yeah. He should be in the kitchen working. Yeah. So 
Jonathan calls everyone in for the town hall. Mm-hmm. And the council now announces that the arcade will be locked every day until the work is done. Yes. But they need someone to help enforce this. Oh, yeah. There is now going to be a sheriff in mm-hmm. Bonanza City. A 30-year-old sheriff and a 14-year-old's body. <laughs> sheriff Sophia. She just gets up and goes, and does finger guns. She's yes. Like, pew, 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 pew. I was like, this Sever- is great. My next note is, several of the kids look like they may shit themselves. This is amazing. I'm so happy that this happens. In any case, Hunter went to Gold Star, and I don't remember anything he did in this episode other than shoot a slingshot well. Oh, he also was doing a lot of work while upper class. Like, he... I don't know that we see Hunter in the arcade. True. No, I actually have a note here that says Hunter sucks at Gauntlet. Okay. Um, <laughs> so maybe he's just bad at it. But we do see Hunter at... Haunter. Haunt. So we see Hunter actually doing work while being upper class. And Hunter has been steadily doing... I believe he was also in competition for a gold star earlier because they usually tend to make it clear it's between two people Mm -hmm. and this time it's between hunter and zach yes sophia looks on hunter proudly like she is his mother when he wins Mm -hmm. like it's very sweet and then i have a note of jared sneaks into the arcade and plays ddr alone and it gets more time than hunter calling his family yeah this is yeah, at the end, he sneaks in, he plays some DDR, he sets a high score and calls himself Dance Man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jared is the Dance Man. And then the credits roll over Taylor and Layla playing with a chicken. Yes. Uh, I just, I actually wanted to bring up my note, because now I remember why I wrote Hunter Can't Play Gauntlet. Yeah. Uh, there's a shot of Hunter playing Gauntlet, but he's just holding two of the joysticks. Which is not how you play Gauntlet. You grab one joystick and press two buttons. So he's clearly not really playing. It's just B-roll. That's funny. So it harkens back to in one of my least favorite scenes of all time in Charlie's Angels, where two kids are playing co-op Final Fantasy VIII. Grrr. Uh, So yeah, I just wanted to notice that the gamer in me hated that moment. Yeah, like... I... I want to talk about what districts we think we'd be on at the end of this episode. So start thinking about what district you think you would have been on. Okay. Uh, so episode 12. Sophia does another like little social experiment. Mm-hmm. She ropes off about a square yard of land in the middle of town. Yeah. And calls it like her land. I've claimed this land. And everyone freaks out about it. Mm-hmm. And like... Walks across her land and stuff. It is literally a square yard. Yeah, she makes a square yard and she's like, I'm going to charge anyone a nickel that wants to walk across this. And everyone's like, you can't do that. He's like, well, then walk around. And like, it's not a hardship to walk around. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very silly. Yeah, it's a very like just weird thing that Sophia chooses to do. It's up there with her laying in the middle of the thing or her putting the money at the bottom of the gross stew. And someone calls Sophia crazy and she just goes, let me be crazy then. And I was like, you are cool. Yeah. (laughs) You could handle that situation. Sophia is the coolest 14-year-old ever. Mm -hmm. So the council gets sent on a hike. They don't know where they're going or when they'll be back. Yeah. And Sophia's in charge. Yeah, Sophia will be in charge until they return. And it'll be Sophia's call when they open the arcade. Yeah, it definitely seems like they know, they're pretending not to know stuff because they're like, what if you're not back by the showdown? And it's like, well, then Sophia will charge which reward they're going to, you'll get. It's like, ah, that seems like 
you knew that was going to happen, so you needed to establish that plot point. But okay, go on a walk, boys. And Kelsey immediately starts begging Sophia to open the arcade. But Sophia, like, manages everybody. And Sophia goes like, my goal is to open the arcade at this time. Yes. Like, if we all get everything done, we can do this. Yeah. So Sophia successfully manages to open the arcade. They do an amazing job in this episode of setting up the fact that Sophia is going to go crazy with power and everyone's going to hate her. And And instead, she's the greatest leader in the history of Bonanza. Yeah, she manages to get them to do it. Opens the arcade when she says she does. There's no power trip. Mm-hmm. There's no, well, this is slightly wrong, so no. And yeah. then we see the council. And they come up on a Native American settlement. Yeah. And then we hear one of them, clearly Gregor Blaine, go, that looks like an igloo. And then we hear a voice respond, it's a teepee, dude. <laughs> Which is clearly DK or Michael. Yeah. And we get, like, a little moment of Sophia and Taylor. Mm-hmm. And Sophia complimenting Taylor on doing work. And then Taylor's like, you're the best leader we've had. I hope Greg gets eaten by coyotes. Yeah, we wish death upon him. <laughs> I mean, that's a very, like, getting eaten by coyote. Like, that's a very 10-year-old. Yeah. And we see Green Team realizing their time is getting short. We actually do see some moments where everyone's not in the arcade for a little bit. Green Team is like, we should bond more. Like, we've only got a couple days left in Bonanza City. Mm -hmm. We see Zach milking goats, and he kind of laughs because he's from, like, Central Florida. And he's like, I'd love to see my parents do this. Yeah, milking a goat. Uh, Jared and Alex find some bones. They're clearly planted there. Yeah, I have a note that says, ooh, fake bones. And then we find out that Alex wants to be a linguist. And Alex actually was like a linguistics champion. I looked this up. He was a geography bee champion, mm-hmm. a ling- linguistics champion. So this like, is after the show. It becomes these things. Barely. Okay. Like the next year. All right. Gotcha. Because um, the geography bee was like element, like middle yeah. school. And the, we see the council learning from the Pueblo people. And yeah. This is all ineffective to me. Yeah. It's. They're trying to teach the council to lead by example. Yes, we never see this. No. So then we get to the showdown, and they talk about the Homestead Act. And Jared correctly cites what the Homestead Act is, like he read it out of a textbook that morning. Jared is such an interesting cat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They're in little matching beanies and slickers. We notice them in, like, new outfits. They're in little Mm -hmm. rain slickers Mm -hmm. and little, like, clean beanies, which we hadn't seen them in much before. Yeah. Uh, the yellow team complains because what they have to do here is they have to drag, dismantle and drag a prefabricated shed that's mm-hmm. supposed to be their house Yeah, up a hill. Up a hill. And then they have to get an alpaca and a chicken. Yeah. And then their flag. Yes, up this hill. So you're, you're moving the, your materials into a different lot is basically it. Jared emerges as the shocking leader of the red team. Yeah. Because now none of them have their leaders with them. Yes. And most importantly, their strongest person. Yeah. Green Team wins handily. Again, Green Team has a lot of older kids. Mm -hmm. And Green Team still has Hunter. Green Team still has Eric. Yeah. So, like, unlike the other teams, they actually still have a few teenage boys. And Campbell. Don't don't forget to forget Campbell. Who's Campbell? (laughs) Good job. 
But like they also have Sophia and Laurel. So green wins. Red gets merchant class, which is the best red has done in a while. Yeah. Blue are the cooks for the first time. First time in the history of the show. And the yellow team almost dies repeatedly. Yes. They almost get crushed by the roof. It's like the wind catches it and it almost crushes them. One of the yellow team falls into a cactus. Like, it's bad times. Uh, And they just manage to succeed. So, oh, I do also want to add Sophia's line of... An alpaca is a cross between a sheep and a giraffe, I think. Yes. So I thought that was funny. So then they win the uh, thing and they get a choice between two things. Yeah. A monument to Kid Nation. And Jonathan calls Laurel up and makes her read it out loud. Yeah. And something about it feels like they're forcing her to read her own gravestone. Laurel, would you like to read it? On this site in 2007, young pioneers came together to do what their forefathers could not, build a better world. They worked together, sacrificed together, cried together, but most importantly, they succeeded together. This monument commemorates their efforts and will forever stand here in Bonanza City, the world's first kid nation. (laughs) I didn't get that, but okay. Oh, I have, they're forcing Laurel to read her own epitaph. Yeah, well, there is that moment where she's like, are these shadows of what will be or what could be spirit? And Jonathan's like, brr, I have all the food. I'm in a proud shirt. And then the other option is a hot air balloon ride over Bonanza City. Yes. So let me just really stress this. Is it a chance to see your town from above in a once in a lifetime ride above the, the town in what we are believed to be Unadult, with like with no adult supervision, hot air balloon rides. Yes. Or will it be, or will you choose this rock, which is a monument to this fictional town that you've made, that we've clearly already made, and is all big and heavy, and you know, would be tough for us to get rid of, that would sit here and remind people. Of your achievements here in Bonanza City. Because without this, there will be nothing that exists. Certainly not 13 hours of television. Not 13 hours of television, three episodes of Funny or Die, and three episodes of uh, the Stay Tuned podcast. And a book. And a book. (laughs) This is so stupid. The town really wants the hot air balloon ride. Sophia, for the cameras, pretends to consider both. Yeah. But chooses the hot air balloon ride. And we get a nice moment of Zach actually acting like a goofy little kid. Yeah. In a talking... He, like, he kind of does a dance and, like, sings a little balloon song. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first times we've seen Zach act like a kid. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring this up now. What actually is Bonanza City? It's a film set. It's a film set. Yeah, they filmed uh, 310 to Yuma, among other things on it. Right. They weren't going to keep a monument there to a reality show everyone hated. No. Could you imagine watching the 310 to Yuma and in the background you're like, what is that? What the heck is Kid Nation? And it has the year 2007 on it. We're supposed to be in the 1800s. In addition to that, uh, well, in addition to that, there's a lot of locked doors in Bonanza City. Right. Of things that were clearly like facilities the kids didn't have access to. Right, like bathrooms and kitchens and stuff, right? Yeah, like the arcade was a building that had been locked. Gotcha. 
So we see them all in the saloon that night because everyone's kind of having a chill night because the council's gone. And they talk about Miele for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how much Miele has improved as a person. Almost like we need to remember she exists. Like, yeah. Because she hasn't done a lot. We've yeah. seen... We see her a little bit throughout the show, but like she was last seen being called Paris and or Nicole. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next note is, I we haven't talked about this, but evil cowboy Mike has a billion talking heads in this episode. Yes. He's so annoying. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of evil cowboy Mike because he, he shouldn't be an evil cowboy then. Uh, the town council does not get to go on the balloon rides. <laughs> yeah, they show up just in time to see them land. Like, oh, you guys have fun in the... Your magical flying balloons? I got to talk to an old man. There <laughs> there was a rumor on set that I have not seen confirmed anywhere. Uh, and Michael didn't really address this in his AMA that I know of. Uh, Olivia says there was a rumor they actually like got into town and got to eat McDonald's. Oh. So like nobody felt bad for them. Like true indigenous people. They went to McDonald's. There is a nice moment where like Laurel and Sophia hurl themselves at Michael. Like, they did miss him. Yeah. Uh, that's the only one we see, like, really get yeah, Nobody back. misses Greg. Uh, my next note is Alex is cooking, bless his tiny little dweeby heart. Yes, because it's the first time in the kitchen. But he's, like, talking about cooking, and it's just adorable. Mm-hmm. And Greg makes it known that he is intending to put Alex up for the gold star. Yeah. And we see them start to do the gold star nominations... Yes. Jared begins to kind of panhandle for it. Yeah, so it's another one of those situations where everyone gets to come in and kind of say, I think it should be this person. I think it should be this person. So everyone is, is making these nominations, and then Jared comes in, and he's got his his hat over his own face, and he's wearing, like, his glasses on the outside being silly. And, and then it's he, not like a knit hat that you could see through. No, no, he clearly can't see. And he goes, I do. I really, really, really that I've been working harder and also on the slight chance that I do get the gold star it would mean so much to me really Jared you're the dance man you broke into the arcade how dare you think this and then Zach puts himself up tearfully and Greg kind of laughs at Zach yeah this is one of the few times I remember someone breaking the fourth wall and looking to camera Mm-hmm. And Greg looks down the lens and says, This is my last chance. I set a goal for myself every single day to try to get something done. And that all adds up to something in the end. I think that I have been working hard and I try to cheer people up even though it has been a tough time for me also. Just so you guys know that crying wasn't real. Those tears weren't real. Yeah. And Zach goes on a rampage. Well, DK kind of tells off Zach or tells off Greg. Right. Then Zach throws a tantrum, tells off the council, kind of does the, you suck, you suck, you're cool, you yeah. suck. You're cool was Michael. Yeah, he bursts back in. Like, you, we have a shot of him, like, cutting the line to be like, you guys are mean. Yes. And then we kind of get to the town hall meeting. Yeah. Sophia and Morgan have started to advocate for spending more time together because we're in the last three or four days of Banana yeah. City. Olivia advocates for closing the arcade, and I do have, man, she really gets a shit edit. Yeah. Because they really start editing Olivia to look like a stick in the mud. Yeah, and 
I kind of have a problem with what I'm seeing here because it's like, we should bond, so let's close the arcade. I feel like I bond better with people when, like, I'm playing a game with them. Like, I feel like I would do more bonding and be more open if we were playing air hockey or working together playing gauntlet than if we all just sat around a campfire and you were like, all right, now talk. I mean, I think it's a very your mileage may vary thing. Yeah, I just, I think that that idea is not addressed. Yeah, I I could definitely see where it would feel like you're being, you're kind of falling into cliques mm-hmm. of like the yellow group is, oh, they're playing air hockey and you're only playing with like your friends. Right. So they decide to lock the arcade permanently. Green and blue are depicted as being pleased. Yellow and red are not. Right. They award the gold star to Alex. Yes. He is in shock and it is precious. Yes. Only Jared looks upset. Zach handles the loss with grace. Mm -hmm. And then Alex has a speech. Yes. Thank you for nominating for me. This gold star says to all nine-year-olds out there, even though there are 14 and 15-year-olds waiting to challenge you, don't give up. Alex, what do you think you will do with $20,000? My children and grandchildren, they might really need it. Because, I mean, I really don't have any use for $20,000. Really? I know how much $20,000 is, but I mean, if I logically think things out... It's a lot, and yet it's not a lot at the same time. It's a paradox. It's a what? A paradox, everybody, is where something is and yet not is at the same time. And it's adorable. It's adorable, but also you kind of want to shake and be like, it's $20,000! I mean, I, I theorize that Alex probably had a fairly affluent upbringing. Because mm-hmm. usually kids who've been that nurtured intellectually... It's because there's been a lot of parental involvement and resources. Yeah. So. I, I also want to point out that they don't give it to Jared. And the reason that they were going to give it to Jared is Jared has an idea on how to create teleportation. And Greg says, if we invest in Jared, we might have teleportation soon. Yeah. And they don't give it to Jared. So now we don't have teleportation, Greg. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little dumb. <laughs> So we get Alex's cute little phone call and his cute little dweeb family. And then we have a little shot of the campfire. Yeah, this is heartbreaking. And they realize that, like, the finale is the next episode. So they realize their time in Banana City is running really short. Mm-hmm. Anjay breaks down. Yeah. And says, like, Banana City is the only place I ever really fit in. You see him, like, get comforted by the other kids. And you realize that, like, the transition back into the world is going to be really hard for these kids. Yeah. The credits roll over Jared looking at a scorpion. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I kind of like, towards the end of this, I was like, this was kind of a nothing episode. You know, not a lot happened. Everything kind of goes, well, oh my, he's playing with a scorpion. He could die right now. This is the biggest scorpion I've seen in my life. When I get home, I want to get an exotic pet like this. So now we're in the finale. And yeah, in the be- finale time. In the, like, previously on Kid Nation, we single out several kids as leaders. Yeah. Sophia, Olivia, Morgan, Nathan, Hunter, Alex, and Jared. Yeah. Are all singled out in this, like, montage. Yeah. Nathan's a weird pick for that, in my opinion. Well, Nathan did what I like Nathan. I like Nathan and all, but I never thought of him as a leader. 
Nathan did win a gold star. Right, but not for his leadership. I, I think they're talk they're kind of casting a broad net for leader. Right. Because they didn't want it to all just be green team kids. Mm-hmm. So then we get another talking head of Evil Cowboy Mike talking about like missing people and he cries again. Yes. Take a drink. And then he's getting water alone. Yeah. He walks a lonely road. The only one that he has ever known. He discovers that the job board is on fire. That's right. Greg was right. Bonanza's gonna burn. And my next note is, Evil Cowboy Mike was clearly the kid who danced best to the producers, too. Absolutely. That's why there's so many talking heads of him. Yeah, he clearly would just do what he was told by the producers. Yes. Uh, My next note, he yells, oh my God. And then I have, they're eating her (laughs) and they're going to eat me. Oh my God. Because that's what he sounds like and looks like. And looks like, yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. As it burns, some of the kids, everybody gets up to look at it and some of the kids get water to try to put it out. Yes. Olivia says in her book, it was clearly covered in accelerant. Yeah. You also point out that there's a ladder on the ground. There's this ladder that no one seems to go past when they're throwing water at it. And I was like, oh, producer said, like, don't get closer than this. This is your barrier. It's it's there for, like, safety reasons. Which, you know, is fine because it's a reality show and we don't want kids to burn. Yeah. But, yeah, they watch the job board burn and... (laughs) I have the note, fire, pee on it. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you're five. Uh, Jonathan emerges and he's so sketchy about the fire. Shame uh, if there was a fire. Yeah. And then he pulls out the journal. And I go, burn it. And then little Mallory. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I say it. And then little Mallory yells, burn it, burn it. With mal- like malicious evil in her eyes. And Jonathan was like, you want me to burn the journal? And everyone's like, yes. So he burns it. And I just want to say, in the reality of this show... He just burned an artifact. Yeah, these are the last memoirs of a dead town from the 1800s that wrote this in the hopes that they would make a better society in the future. And And little Mallory threw it in the fire. fire. They throw it in the fire and they go, yay! And I go, yeah, let's find more stuff to burn. Basically, Jonathan then explains that because a piece of wood has burned, there are now no jobs and no districts. Yeah. It's just a free-for-all now. You can work as much as you want in anything that you want. It's completely up to you. This leads to immediate looting. Chaos. Yes. Uh, Knocking stuff over, stealing stuff. And the only ones we see not participating are DK and Zach. Mm -hmm. Zach is sweeping. DK is like, I'm ashamed of all of you. Yes. The producers told the kids everything in the stores was free. Yeah. So you better get there before everyone else gets to it. Yeah, like clearly this was set up. Olivia talks about how many talking heads she blew. Yeah. Because she was genuinely confused. Yeah. She would be like, but you told us to do this. Mm-hmm. And she actually has the the line that names the episode of, we've all decided to go mad. Yeah. So well, next- what we don't see is people breaking into the arcade, which is what I thought we would see. Which is what you would do. Yeah. I was like, break the windows! So we see the next day, and there's kind of a town-wide hangover situation. Yeah. 
Guilin calls it the riot, which I was like, kids wouldn't have called that a riot. Kids would not have called what they did yesterday a riot. They would have been like, I feel really bad that we kind of went nuts yesterday. Yeah, we got a little out of hand. So then we see Sophia, Zach, and Eric cleaning up. By the way, nothing about Sophia indicates that she would have been part of a riot either. Yeah. We see little Mallory putting battles in order. We see Migle talking about how like she used to be lazy, but now she sees the value of mm-hmm. the hard work. And we don't get a showdown, but no. we get a reward. Yeah, it's like one final gold star because they all just well. Sell- well the, he says we got something that you really are gonna want, and I yell more fire. Yes, and it's like no, it's the last gold star. One final gold star, but the council has to award it immediately. Mm-hmm. And people start trying to put other kids up. Guylan tries to put Mike up for no reason, despite the fact that evil cowboy Mike has not made any significant contributions to the town. He was the Red District leader. He was run out almost unanimously. Yeah. (laughs) Laurel tries to put Sophia up, and Sophia says in a shaking voice, I have my gold star. My gold star. Which Uh, makes her really cool. Zach wins the final gold star. Yeah. And Zach says something, and then Jonathan goes, you can't possibly be speechless. And then Noah Houlihan says, yes, I can. Fuck you, Jonathan. (laughs) Fuck you, Jonathan. Hate this guy. So then we get this moment of the Yellow District girls are going to put their favorite chickens in the bunkhouse Mm -hmm. for the last night in Bonanza, and they're going to sleep with their favorite chickens, which is my hell. Yeah. Little Emily tries to move in for the night. Now, she was on Red District, but was kind of run out of Red District. She doesn't ever really seem to fit in with Blue District. And Emily tries to move in with Yellow District for the night, but Kelsey says, like, the Yellow District girls want to do this by themselves. Mm -hmm. And they start bickering. It's very elementary school mean girls. Mm -hmm. Emily gets physical and, like, starts pushing kids. Yeah. And Migle from the Blue District interferes and reasons with Emily and goes like, Emily, or, you know, Yellow District girls, can Emily hang out with you tomorrow? And Taylor's like, she can hang out with us all day tomorrow. Yeah. But we want this last night. So Migle gets them to agree to hang out with her the next day. And DK sees Migle and is really impressed with how she handles it. Yeah. So... We then get the final showdown. Oh, yeah. It's the Bonanza Bonanza. Bonanza City Bonanza. They have three tasks. They have to make picnic tables, make pasta and tomato sauce, and deal with the garbage. Yes. And they have one hour to do this. As a group, no districts. Yes. And the reward is three larger gold stars that are worth 50k each that will be rewarded at the last town hall meeting. Yes. Uh, they so- make tomato sauce. At one point, Zach covers, quote, Maddie in tomato sauce. You and I. Who's Maddie? Yeah, who the heck is Maddie? The microwave helps them get piping hot sauce. Yeah, I, I like this little bit, is that they, had they not chosen the microwave, they might not have been able to do this. Yes. The other task is to build the picnic tables. One of the books in the library was how to build a picnic table. But yeah. because they didn't choose that, they chose the arcade, they don't know how to do it. And with the garbage, it would have been easier with the ponies. It definitely would have been easier. Implying that the letters from home were the irresponsible choice, which is gross. I mean, yeah. I I mean, in terms of good for the town, it is the irresponsible choice. 
Uh, yeah. The, the producers make an irresponsible choice I mean, using letters from mom and dad as bait. I mean, the choice is always practicality versus joy. Ugh. And they chose not joy over and over again that they finally broke. But like, no, I want to hear from my mom. Monstrous. So we see them get everything else done and they have to deal with the garbage. Yes. Uh, Morgan nearly throws up. And then DK's injury that he had in the first episode acts up again. Yes. Which Michael is convinced he fakes. Really? You don't see that on screen, but in his AMA, Michael's like, fake. Hmm. So they can't ring the bell until they all get there. So Greg and Blaine pick up DK and carry him to the finish line. Yeah. Implying that if this injury really was fake like Michael thought it was, DK would have cost them the three stars. Yeah. Or if it was real, there's a chance that he would have been left in the sun. Yeah. To die. (laughs) And they let little Mallory ring the bell. Mm -hmm. And they win the reward. And Jonathan goes like, we're going to have this party for Bonanza City. We have some special guests. Mm -hmm. And it's all of their parents. Yes. And their parents are kind of like jogging awkwardly down the hill. Mm -hmm. And that's the second take. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they pried these kids and their parents who hadn't seen each other for 40 days apart. Mm -hmm. And made them do a second take of it. And Olivia was like, they didn't try to do a third because they knew they weren't getting that. And I have a note here that they probably hugged and at least one mom went, you smell terrible. We see a lot of sweet little moments with Laurel and her mother, Sophia Mm. and her mother. Sophia's mother is clearly, Sophia and Laurel both, clearly their parents. Yes. Like Laurel's mom has the same electric red hair. Mm -hmm. We see Zach break down entirely to see his parents Mm -hmm. again. It's, it's real sweet with Greg. Greg and his parents. Yeah, we see all these like really nice little moments. Mm-hmm. We see Nathan's mom carry water with him at one point, which is cute. Yeah. And then we see Morgan and her... Morgan going into the green... The green girl's bunkhouse, which, let's be real, is probably the best kept of the eight bunkhouses. Mm-hmm. And Morgan's parents bulk. Yeah, like, this is gross. And her dad kind of makes comment like, oh, I don't want to hear you complain about your room ever again. Mm-hmm. But you can see the horror in Morgan's mother. Yes. We I want to know more about that. We see Jared's dad do a bonanza bomb. Yes. Which is really funny. Yeah, you, well, it's cute. Jared's dad is like a big guy. Yeah. Right? A big guy. And you see Jarrett explain how to do a, a Jaeger bomb, basically. He's like, yeah, you take this and you drop it in this and then you have to chug it. And Jarrett's dad's like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah, this weird uh, implication that perhaps Jared's father mm-hmm. does not know what it is. Uh, um, who, who's the girl whose mom has to use? Layla from Layla. the Yellow District. And it's very cute. Layla, like... Does the thing that everyone has done in their lives and keeps watch over an outhouse. Yeah. While her mom uses it and her mom complains and Layla goes, city slicker. Yes. It's very cute. Incredible moment. And everyone's meeting the parents of their friends and like mm-hmm. everyone, all the parents are meeting mm-hmm. the kids who their kids have become close to. And they find out about the big gold stars and we get, uh, the council kind of talking about them. Yeah, the council has to step outside to have a discussion of who's getting the gold stars. To me, they heavily imply they're giving one to Mike. And I'm like, grr. Well, you're also grr. worried that they're going to give one to Taylor. And oh, yeah, I'm totally thinking of like, this is going to be a redemption story for Taylor. 
Like she turned it around in the last day. So let's give her 50K. I'm not sure if we mentioned that. The three stars are worth 50K. I, we did, Instead yes. of 20K. Uh, that means as a whole, this show gave away $390,000. Right. So I thought that was crazy. Michael, they, they all kind of come back in and Michael stands to award the first one. And he says, this was the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. And Sophia wins a second gold star. Yes. Sophia leaves Bonanza City with... Math. $70,000. With $70,000 and a bike. And a bike. And all those books. (laughs) And all those books she bought. And whatever she looted. Like, she won Kid Nation. She's the winner of Kid Nation. She also, if you're an adult watching it, she is the best kid to watch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So then they get to the second star. Mm Mm-hmm. Greg stands up and awards it to Morgan. Morgan says, I don't deserve this at all, which proves that she does. Yeah, exactly. And then Morgan's father gives a speech for no reason. Mm -hmm. I'm under the impression that everyone gave a speech. Because they show Mike giving a speech, and it's just like the most generic speech possible. Like, I really like you guys, and I'll miss you. But they use it as evidence on why he should get a gold star. Yeah, they kind of do a montage while they're deciding. So, like, I was like, oh, they probably just had everyone say something, so they had footage. And Greg maturely thanks Morgan's father for, like, the gift of Morgan. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's the most mature thing we ever see Greg do. Mm -hmm. To you four gentlemen up there, I thank you very much for honoring my daughter in this way. We thank you for allowing us to have the privilege to have Morgan in our community. How old are you? Fifteen. Wow. <laughs> I don't have adult conversations this well. And then we get the final gold star award winner. DK stands and awards it to Miele, who is stunned. Who is absolutely She literally stunned. does not immediately react. Yes. They cut to her parents. Her mother is overwhelmed with joy. And her father is checked out and probably didn't even hear her name. <laughs> It's gonna. It's one of those things that kind of makes me think of like, did you ever have an award ceremony at school where your parents were like, "Oh, you're not winning this." Yeah. And so they're not paying attention mm-hmm. uh, because they did not tell at my high school graduation. They didn't tell the kids or the parents who was winning awards. Right. Every award looked like that, outside of like valedictorian, because mm. nobody really knew what the awards were or who was getting them. Right. So nobody knew. So if you got an award. You kind of had to wake up because there were 500 kids in my graduating class. Mm-hmm. I won an award and kind of went full Miegle and was like, what? <laughs> because I graduated in a class of 500 kids. You are checked out. Yeah. So then Mike's mom has to speak for some reason, just like her son, mm-hmm. and gives like a speech no one cares about. And I was like, why are you talking? Like, I... I know we shouldn't, like, dislike kids, but I really dislike Mike. (laughs) And then they say, like, it's time to go outside and get your bags. Goodbye for the last time ever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Jesus, Jonathan! Yeah. And we get a talking head of evil cowboy Mike again. And I was like, I feel like you're not the person I want to hear from. Yeah. I want to hear from a kid who experienced real growth, like a Miegle. Mm-hmm. Or I want to hear from a kid who, like, made a lot of contributions, like a Sophia or a Laurel or a Zach. Mm-hmm. 
And we do hear Zach announcing he lives 15 minutes from Disney World and telling anybody who goes to Disney World to call him and he'll meet them there. Aww. Which is very sweet. And then the credits roll over all of them, all the kids in a saloon in a flashback singing as Eric plays piano. Yes, because Eric did not get enough screen time. So we there were some like fun little trivia things of uh, Sophia stealing a phone off a production member to call her parents in illegal time. Mm. And well done. So I I really liked that. They they talk about how uh if the crew liked you, you would find out you would you would get like kind of like jail. Like if a prison guard liked you and they'd slip you contraband. Yeah. Cause Michael said he would come back and occasionally there'd be like food in his sleeping bag. Nice. Like to keep him. Mm. And, but he also says, like, Taylor was genuinely as bad as she was. Like, Taylor didn't get a bad edit. Mm-hmm. There was not a way to give Taylor a good edit. Gotcha. And Michael also makes comment that he wished they'd picked the go-karts. Because it would have gone full Lord of the Flies. Yeah, someone would have died. Yeah. If they had picked the go-karts. And it was, um... And then Olivia's book actually really gets into how they acclimated going home. Yeah, that's the thing I'm most interested in is like, do they get recognized still for this and stuff like that? And she talks about like her parents being deeply upset. Yeah. With the situation of like they came back and both of their daughters are just caked in grime. Mm-hmm. And Olivia says she goes into the hotel shower Stands there for a few minutes and the water's just gray mm. for like a few minutes. Mm. And like how her mom takes Mallory into the bathroom and scrubs her down and like emerges after an hour and goes like, I still don't think we got all of it. Ugh. Like, so if you're a parent and you've been trusting this production mm-hmm. and your kids come back to you filthy, yeah. I'm really shocked they didn't have some kind of like... I'm shocked just to cover themselves that the producers did not clean them up before their parents came back. Right? Because, like, thinking of this really shrewdly and grossly, I would want to return the kids in fairly good condition to avoid... The parents really couldn't sue. Right. Because they'd signed all sorts of things. But the parents could talk. And Devon's mother actually does sue over those burns. Over the, the grease burns. Yes. We do not see Devad almost at all in this group of episodes. Yeah. I'm surprised that they even included the clip of her talking about the grease burns. Because for a kid that doesn't have much of a story, that's the only thing I can really tell you about her. Well, she openly advocates for herself getting the gold star for a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. It's actually very shrewd editing because they have her on tape saying it's not that bad. And they show that clip. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And... They kind of depict her as being money hungry. She's trying to sell snacks. Oh, interesting. So it's actually really gross, shrewd editing for Devad. Interesting. And it, it's... The uh, the parents were told there would not be um, villains. Right. There clearly were villains. If, you, if there weren't going to be villains, you probably shouldn't have dressed one of the characters... As an evil cowboy. Like, the the trope of the black hat 
Like, there's no way they don't know that. Like, I know I keep jokingly calling him an evil cowboy, but, like, he wears a black hat. That's what evil cowboys wear. Because they talked about... Olivia has a chapter called Things That Didn't End Up on TV. Gotcha. And we talked about the politics one. And she says, Before filming, my parents were told there would be no kid shown as the villain on Kid Nation because we were just kids. There seemed to be a villain in every episode. Whether it was Taylor or Greg... And Olivia herself is kind of depicted as the villain in one episode with Anjay. Yeah, and I never think that she's, like, evil, but, like, she's definitely more of the antagonist than Anjay is. Yeah, and the uh, the town council meeting, she talks about how, like, Olivia and uh, Sophia ran, but were not included. Uh, multiple kids had panic attacks while on set. None of them were shown or mentioned. Laurel has an attack in the mess hall in front of several camera crews. Really? And uh, there was everyone had like an, in, an inside thing with their parents to show they were okay or that would communicate they loved them. Mallory and Olivia had an ear tug. Mm-hmm. And Olivia talks about, I'm never shown doing any sort of manual labor, even though I spend a good amount of time. Hmm. Uh, we don't see a lot of people hauling water because the camera crews didn't want to go that far. And then... Uh, they talk about Gianna. Gianna's a major character in Olivia's book, and she's a child we barely see. And the parents were all uniformly horrified at the living conditions, because I think the parents were led to believe it would be more like a summer camp. Yeah. And I've been to a few summer camps. I know I went to one with like a latrine situation, Mm -hmm. but there was a good bathroom. With a shower? Right, right. It was further to walk and only the older kids would walk out there. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was 11 or 12 when I went, so I would walk out there because I was older. Mm. The six and seven-year-olds really wouldn't. Right. And the other camp I went to had a, like, had a bathroom in your cabin, like a real indoor plumbing situation. So I think that that's what parents were picturing. Like, oh, it's going to be a little rustic, but, like... Rustic, not actually pioneer. Right. And the parents were pretty horrified. I wanna I would love to talk to other kids. Mm-hmm. The other the kids also all had like issues reacclimating because they lived almost on their own for 40 days and now they were following rules again. Right. That most of the rules in Bonanza City were made for practical reasons. Right. Now you have to like do things your teachers tell you, and you're like, well, why can't I use a pen to do my homework? Right, right. Give me one good freaking reason, Miss mm-hmm. Jones. Yeah. Like, so that kind of thing. I, um, there's a lot more in Olivia's book that, like, we cannot possibly get to yeah. her entire book because it's over 150 pages long. There's, like, yeah. a lot here. And great. I highly recommend it. It is book. very good. Uh, she does still speak to Anjay because her mom made her email Anjay to apologize. Which is incredible. <laughs> and... They, uh, Olivia defends herself and says, like, I didn't say this when they showed me saying this. And her mom comes back at her like, well, they have footage of you being mean. Yeah, you must have been mean then. I would love to see anyone live in a 40-day goldfish bowl yeah. and not have footage of them that's unflattering. Right, exactly. That's kind of the point of reality shows. Um, so, question for you. Okay. I have in front of me 
a Stay Doomed reality show host tier list that we created for a Patreon episode that if you want to listen to, you can subscribe to our Patreon. And uh, I got to ask you, where are we sticking Jonathan on this list? I am going to have to say right now, he cannot be higher than J.D. Roth. Uh. I don't have the tier list in front of me. I have the tier list in front of me. You put, you made me put J.D. Roth at the bottom. Our, our tiers were elite, amazing, amazing. Serviceable, serviceable. Who? Please stop. And Luke Tipple. Yes. You made me put J.D. Roth at the bottom of please stop because he exploited children in Moolah Beach. Jonathan, Jonathan is in Luke Tipple. He's got to be not down sure Luke where he Tipple. is. In, who is in Luke Tipple? The top of Luke Tipple is Luke Tipple. <laughs> He's the best Luke Tipple Luke Tipple can be. Yeah. So is he better or worse than Luke Tipple from Opposite Worlds? Worse. He's definitely worse, right? Yeah. Luke Tipple is at least exploiting adults. Is he better or worse than Geraldo Rivera from The Mystery of Al Capone's Vault? Worse. He's worse than that. Yeah. Is he better or worse than the butler from Megan Wants a Millionaire? Worse. Worse. Is he better or worse than the guy from Shattered. Better. (laughs) I didn't have to listen to Jonathan talk as much. Because, man, we had to listen to the guy from Shattered a lot. I don't know why I can never remember. Dermot. 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 Yeah. Yeah, he's at least better than Dermot. So he's better than Dermot, but worse than the host of Megan Wants a Millionaire. Yes. Down in the bottom tier. Yes. I'll bring this up every time we do a reality show. Yeah. But like, if you want to hear our full ranking, join our Patreon and listen to the Stay Doomed Reality Tier List bonus episode in the crowdfund crypt. The kids apparently did like Jonathan. But like, Jonathan, unless he was regularly handing out food and water, I cannot like Jonathan. Right. I, I think he was so complicit in being monstrous to children. Right. Uh, so you wanted to say which? Uh, I just which I, was, I wanted, wanted to uh, speculate which districts we feel like we would be in. As a proud Hufflepuff, I think that puts me in red. Yes, I really think. But like the kids who remind me of what I think you would have been like as a kid are mm-hmm. all in red. Like I think you would have, as much as it pains me to say this, I think you would have been a lot like Evil Cowboy Mike and Jared. I I think. I would have been a little bit more standout because I would have been a little bit more precocious. Yeah, I think you would have had elements of Markel mm-hmm. with like the emceeing the talent show. But I, but I always see myself as a Cedric Diggory character of just like, yeah, big fish, small bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I see myself in red, like stirring stuff up. I probably I probably would have run for council. Yes. Instead of Guyland. And then I probably would have won. And then I, I think I probably... We would have gone from one blonde dweeb with glasses to another blonde dweeb with glasses. Yeah. Well, depending on how old I was, I might not have glasses yet. Fair. So there. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I'd gone on before I was 12, I would have just been blind. Yeah. Because <laughs> I badly needed glasses before I had them. Where, where would you have been? I think based on personality, I would have either been in green or blue. Yeah. Because the girls, I think I was the most like growing up are Laurel and Sophia Mm -hmm. like that kind of stable and intelligent, but kind of just would mess with stuff. Yeah. So, but blue also seemed to be like outside of Greg, like the more 
nerd. Probably green. Yeah. Green is like the dweebiest. Mm-hmm. You would have gotten a gold star. I don't know. I think I would have. I think I would have been the bitch on green. <laughs> like, I think I would have been the mean girl on green. Okay. But like, competent enough that green kept me. Right. Like the Greg of the green team. So I think it's time we ask the big question. Doomed, 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 doomed. This is a stay doomed for you? This is monstrous. Like, I was entertained by the show, but I was not so entertained that I could justify doing this to 40 more kids. I, I think I was good. You took the words right out of my mouth, where I was just like, yeah, I watched this whole show and, like, thoroughly entertained, totally invested. Like... Yelling at the screen like, Taylor needs to go. I want Zach to win. Greg's a jerk. I hope he goes home. No, Cody, please stay. Like, having all these thoughts and then being like, oh my god, they're children. I can't I can't be saying these things to kids. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so much worse than I expected, to be honest, of what they put these children through. Yeah. It's so much worse than I expected. And it has to be a stay doomed for me. Yeah, I I could not justify for any reason putting 40 more kids yeah. through this. I think, I do have a way I think this is fixable. Okay. Right? If you really want to do Kid Nation, bring the parents along. The kids are in charge and the parents have to listen to them. Okay. Done. Like, it's so easy. Because everything I could think of involves simultaneously more and less adult involvement. Yeah. I think you would have needed to give them a real dorm. Yeah. And I think there would have needed to be a baseline safety net. Yeah. Of like, which they kind of had, of like, oh, you know, there's, they fed them lunch. We never saw that. But like, right, right. the kids would have legitimately starved. Yeah. Without that. And, like, the big thing I want to push, because it's so exploitative, is the mechanic of the show that you can't leave until a town hall. Yes. This is clearly designed so that kids don't randomly quit throughout the day. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's kids that, like, town halls in two days, and I want to go home now. Yeah. And then you have these adults saying, it's okay. You just have to stick it out for two more days. Yeah. Like, two days when you're eight is an eternity. Two days when you're so physically uncomfortable, you're cold, you're hungry, you're scared, you're Mm -hmm. lonely. They said, like, the kids really bonded. And it's not the least of which is, like, a trauma bond. Mm Mm-hmm. They said, uh, Olivia said she had a very difficult time reconnecting with her old friends and found herself consistently talking on MySpace, because that's how old the show is, to different contestants. Yeah. Because they understood what they were going through. They kind of were almost like group therapy to one another. Mm-hmm. She said she like kept in touch with Hunter and Laurel and Mile and was talking to them a lot because they were who she could still connect to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I cannot morally justify the show coming back yeah it's it's definitely not worth the price of 40 children's mental health to have another season of this show i could maybe see if you tried to age it up a little bit and was like Mm -hmm. okay it's 15 to 18 
I would watch a season two of this show if they brought back all the exact same kids now and just made them do it again. Like, change literally nothing. All the challenges are the same. <laughs> You're, you start on the same teams and they, the rules will stay exactly the same as last time. It's like, yeah, just do it again. What? <laughs> oh, and we just finally see one of them snap and punch Jonathan out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're larger than you now, old man. Yeah, like, come at me, old man. Fighting cheap. <laughs> Get in the big slop. No, Jonathan. Jared's still dance man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he teleports in. Oh my God. Look what I did. <laughs> I'm the dance man. But yeah, beyond that, this is a stay doomed. Yeah. Like this just can't happen. A hundred and ten percent. Oh God. Ah, it's good to have all of this behind us. What are we doing next week? So uh, we have something special planned. Yeah. Welcome to Kid Nation Month. Our first four-parter. Surprise! We will be interviewing the Green District leader for most of the run, Laurel. Yes, we got in contact with Laurel, and Laurel's going to come on and have a little chat with us, and we're going to ask her a whole slew of questions about the things that we are unsure about and upset about here, about Kid Nation. Yeah, and some of our patrons have already started to uh, ask some questions. Yes. Uh, by the time this episode drops, we will have already talked to her. So. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't take any more questions. But thank you so much for our Patreons. You can join right now at patreon.com slash plus two comedy. And you can get our bonus episodes and also join our Discord so you can know when we're doing surprise interviews and ask questions. Yeah. Whoa, I almost forgot. We, you could also vote... On what we will be watching next, as the Twitter poll has closed, what would you like to see an episode of Stay Doomed on? Will it be the British television show Evil Monkeys or Muppets Now on Disney Plus? The choice is yours. You can vote right now on Patreon. Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you are the dance man and think you can beat me at DDR, I'm at plus two comedy, bruh. If you also think you would have been on the elite green district, I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed.